Hello and welcome to There's No Place Like Summer Camp. I'm your host, Andrew Waterhouse, and today we're looking at things that every summer camp will have. So come on into our tent and I'll spill the beans. Here I am back again with a new episode of There's No Place Like Summer Camp, hitting those Tuesdays out of the park like it's no tomorrow, and this one is a little bit different. This one we're looking at things that every single summer camp will have, and it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of episode, it's a bit of a random one, so if you do feel that it's not perhaps the most educational of episodes, I do understand, it's just that I like to provide a mix of content all revolving around summer camp, and this one's a little bit different, so if you think something's missing or something, uh, every single thing on the list uh, maybe hits your summer camp, let me know. I'm available on Twitter. Um, it's at Andrew W09. Anyway, let's kick off with the first thing that every summer camp in America is going to have. And that is the blob, the infamous blob of air that will be lightly... Uh, floating on top of any lake or water sort of uh what's the word pool pool of water does a river count as a pool does a lake count as a pool a container of water should have some sort of blob and actually i'm going to chuck in another one here because i think every summer camp summer camp will have one of these as well actually i'm not going to i'm not going to i was going to say slide I was going to say a water slide, but only recently did my summer camp actually get a water slide. So I'm not going to put that every summer camp is going to have a water slide, but they should all have a blob. And this is the thing where you basically climb up on a ladder, jump off of a wooden platform and onto a blob of air. And on the other side of the blob of air is going to be someone sat on the end and they're going to go skyrocketing into the sky. And um, I remember when I first watched my uh, YouTube video of what my summer camp was going to be like when I actually saw they had a blob, I was so excited to give it a try. I gave it a try, and yeah, it's a right blast. And especially for kids, as well as adults, it works with everyone. You just go flying up in the air, and yeah, it's what summer camp's all about. Getting wet, having loads of fun. That's what she said. Number two, a campsite. So, of course, um, I'm going to say, a l- yeah, all of the camps summer camps in america is going to have some sort of campsite where there's going to be a collection of tents with perhaps a campfire as well Um, a campfire circle where people can do s'mores and stuff and tents so that uh, campers can perhaps stay there overnight i think every summer camp is going to have something like this i don't think there's going to be any really um let me know if i'm wrong if there's a summer camp that only has buildings and no sort of facility to do a campfire or you know stay in a tent for the night i think pretty much every camp's going to have one of these up next is a pool um i mentioned it earlier with the blob um i think you can put a blob in a pool i'm not too it's a bit risky because you do you can go anywhere on a blob um when you're like flying through the sky a little bit like buzz lightyear Um, except you haven't got any wings and you can't really glide you're just like a fumbling mess falling through the sky so i don't think you can really have a blob on the pool depending on i guess the size of the pool 
Anyway, I'm I'm getting on a bit of a tangent here. I think every every summer camp is going to have at least one swimming pool. Um, the weather in America is absolutely boiling hot, especially at summer camp times. Um, so you're gonna pretty much have a pool everywhere. Surely, surely. If I'm wrong, let me know on Twitter again at Andrew W O Nine. Coming in at number four is wildlife. I think every summer camp is going to have a diverse range of wildlife that perhaps you haven't seen before. So I remember when I was at summer camp, I actually saw or heard, should I say, I woke up one morning to a woodpecker pecking against a tree. And I thought that was the fucking coolest thing I've ever like woken up to. I guess that's not right the, the, the right terminology the coolest thing i've woken up to is uh i guess i guess it is it's a woodpecker um so you can expect a quite a varied like amount of wildlife um especially in the role that i did so if you haven't heard the previous episodes i did do i was the um the campfire and the campouts guy i was leading a lot of the hikes and the canoe trips um and you know making s'mores and basically taking kids away from camp for a night and just have like a blast in um a break away from the, uh, normal camp uh, rotation so um being the sort of the bear grills of my summer camp i came across a shit ton of wildlife i'm talking bears i'm talking a crap ton of spiders uh, or going to sleep at night and you're having like moths uh, just circling you know any sort of light source they can find for whatever god knows reason and I'll give you a fun fact about moths. We still don't know why moths are attracted to light. So, yeah, there's your moth fact of this episode. Okay, up next. So we've had wildlife. I have to throw in trees as well. That's the next one, guys. Trees. So, again, I'm clutching at straws a little bit here. But every camp is going to have a crap ton of trees. People go to summer camp to get into the wildlife once again and detach from their technology and having trees and greenery and fields playing oh it's there's there's nothing quite like it and that's why my book is called there's no place like summer camp and there's the podcast as well is called there's but no place like summer camp um because there is no place like it and having the trees and stuff it puts you back into nature a bit and especially being out there for so long like two two months plus um you you kind of get a bit of a reset so i guarantee that every camp and you're if you're if you're going to be tweeting me saying my camp doesn't have trees i'm going to personally fly over to your camp and have a look for a tree okay moving on the next one dining room every sort of camp every camp shall i say has a dining room they might not refer to it as a dining room so um it could be like a kitchen area or some sort of place to eat where there's loads of benches and you know staff might sit with the campers or they might sit away from the campers for that period of time but there's going to be some sort of dining hall area um where you can like basically eat uh at my camp it was called a hadar because I was at a Jewish summer camp, so it might be called that. I'm not sure if that's a widely used Jewish term for dining rooms, uh, or if it was just specific to my camp that I went to. But every camp is going to have some sort of facility where you're going to be sitting down, eating as a whole group of camp. You're not going to be sat at your cabins. I highly, highly doubt that there's going to be any 
summer camps nowadays where you're going to be eating separate to the rest of camp because camp isn't just about the cabins it's about camp as a whole and you yeah you want to have a really good team like mentality um in your own cabin but you want to extend that out to the rest of camp as well because everyone's there to have a really good time and i think something like color war really brings camp together um even if it is in a competitive light it makes everyone have a blast and you know makes pretty much what summer camp is all about bringing people together and what better place than a dining room to do that on the daily okay so we're moving on to people now with the next one and this is an overly happy director i think i can confidently say that every single summer camp in america is going to have a really happy director and i'll tell you why being a director of a summer camp is a pretty fucking hard, hardcore, full-on job because you're having to manage fucking hundreds of people. Whether you count that directly as in like a director to a staff relationship or if it's a director to camper to staff as well. And then there's the extension as well out from that. So it goes from director and staff and camper and maybe even the camper's parents he has to juggle a lot of people's priorities and it's a real demanding job especially like all year round because once summer camp ends their job doesn't really end they still have planning to do for the next year and making sure that camp's going to be upgraded for the next so they might have some projects that will be going underway when summer camp is actually off there's so many things that a camp director has to do and they have to be really personable and everyone looks up to them as being one of the uh, spearheads for summer camp so if the director is going to be grouchy and moody then that's really going to translate down the food chain to the staff and the campers and then to the parents and then they're not going to get you know it it has a knock-on effect as such so you're going to have really overly happy directors I would say not 100% of these are going to be genuinely happy people, but they have to be very um, switched on and politically inclined in the way that they uh, balance people's relationships and always having the best of camp as a whole at their heart rather than individuals specifically. So I am going to put overly happy directors into this list of things that every summer camp are going to have okay so next is stories every single summer camp will have stories of time gone by of when someone's perhaps been fired when someone's perhaps been incredible in maybe a color war or incredible in a sport, or maybe a celebrity visited once. There's going to be plenty of stories, and I'm going to even put my neck out on the line for even for new summer camps, even if it's your first year of summer camp, I'm going to tell you now that there's going to be stories that are going to be shared. Even a brand new summer camp is going to have stories such as how they got up to this position, how a summer camp was formed what's what's the process of getting a summer camp together it's not just a simple oh this is brand new so we have nothing to talk about and once you extrapolate from that you can't even get no stories at a brand new summer camp 
you have to think how many stories are going to be there for camps that have been around for decades and people that literally live and breathe summer camps. So, yeah, stories are going to be at your summer camp. Moving on, we've got urban legends, which are slightly different from stories in the way that it's more of a camper um, mystery and myth mythicality i guess is the word mythology where it's like oh this camp was built on top of an old gravesite and sometimes uh the old director comes swooping in and you know people ask oh where's the blob where's the where's the blob hiding and stuff like that where does it get stored and um where where does uh, the camp director live where does he where does he go and stay at the end of the day because they don't get the campers get a very like limited well not very limited but they get a limited snapshot of how camp runs and they're not really allowed access to all areas because obviously they're going to be guided around camp by their counselors and what would a counselor have uh doing being a- around the camp director's home sort of thing so this is where these sort of urban legends start to spring up, especially within the kids. Um, and I think every summer camp's going to have these sort of stories. And I, th- I guess this, this extends a little bit. I'm going to add another one into this list now. Into the staff. Uh, it's not so much similar as urban legends. It's not identically urban legends. It's gossip. Gossip goes around summer camp like no tomorrow. And holy hell, if you have been in a summer camp for, say, two weeks, you will know what I'm talking about because something will happen at camp and everyone will know about it. And that kind of extrapolates from urban legends because all you have is this mystery surrounding what's gone on and, oh, my God, have you heard this? Have you heard that? So gossip and urban legends are getting into this list. Okay, next, I think that every single summer camp has sports. That's no real... uh, I don't think that's much of a bold claim, to be honest. I think every summer camp is going to have some sort of sporting activity. And I'll put my neck out on the line once again by saying I think every summer camp will have at least two. So I can say sports as in plural. Even the specialty like sporting camps such as like a horse riding camp or, you know, a baseball camp. I think they're going to be doing more than just that sport the entire couple of weeks or even months that the kids are going to be there. They're going to lose their minds, you know. So um, I think, yeah, whether it's an underprivileged, a traditional camp or a religious one, Every summer camp is going to have sports, and that sort of ties in with the previous thing about uh, getting into your wildlife and the trees situation. They send the cat, they, they parents send their kids out there to you know be kids, not be glued to their phones, not be glued to their gadgets and stuff. And yeah, I'm a techie, I'm glued to my gadgets, but going out to summer camp and doing sports and being in wildlife is like no, nothing else. Um, it really does like kind of doesn't really reset you as such but it it brings you into a perspective where you kind of see the world a little bit differently and you have a lot more 
gratitude for what you have, I guess, and it can you can always think back to how summer camp works and you know be a kid once again, and sports definitely helps with that. Okay, so next is the staff from different cultures. Um, I think that every summer camp has staff that come from far and wide to be a part of that camp story for that summer. And I'll tell you why I think um, summer camps hire international staff, and this, this particularly ties in with this point, is it actually makes summer camp like a special place. Because where else are the kids going to see a Brit? Or where else are the kids going to see someone from Australia or New Zealand or South Africa? Or, you know, you know, you name the you name a place like that. It's very hard to like say, oh, OK, they're going to see them when they're what at school or when they're at their baseball game next basketball game. They're not really going to see that. So camp like to make the environment very special. And by having people of different cultures, it also look in a way um educates the kids as well that there is a bigger world out there Um, at least in my experience when I was at summer camp I found that the American counsellors and um, the staff that were there have a very limited view of the world because plenty of them don't have passports they don't travel outside of the United States it is such a big country that they don't really need to get a passport which is a bit weird to hear seeing as um, you know at least in Britain, we are grateful to get out of the country for a holiday or, you know, hop over to Europe or, you know, even go to America. But we, we, we're open to the idea of such a thing, whereas they see it as, well, I haven't been to New York yet. I'll go there. I haven't been to Washington, D.C. yet. I'll go there. I'll go to Florida. I'll go to Vegas. What's the need in getting a passport kind of thing? So I think not only does this help by having staff from different cultures there for the kids but I think it also helps the Americans as well because then they get a unique experience too where they look back and think wow I saw someone that I'm never going to see again and no one else like him only at this very special place and it adds it adds like a wow factor to it all so I I think that every summer camp is going to have people from different cultures and I guess the the cultures thing can be extended also not just in terms of countries and where people are coming from but also their perspective on the world I don't think camps are going to be very restricted in exactly specific kind of people that they want to have at their summer camp Um, people even if they are hiring solely from the U.S. I think that they're going to be coming from different states and they're going to have different viewpoints on things. And Americans are some of the people with the strongest viewpoints in the whole world. They will argue till uh, they've gone blue in the face. So, yeah, let's finish this point off here because I could go on and on and on about this. But staff from different cultures will definitely make your summer camp a lot more special. Okay, so I'm going to be resetting once again, and this time we're going back to the kids, because summer camp is not only made of the staff from the different cultures, but it's also about very special kids as well. So the next three here are going to be focused on them. And the first one is those that are once-in-a-lifetime kids. And if you have been to summer camp before, 
you will know the type of kids I'm talking about because you will make a special connection with a handful of them where you're like wow this kid really like is pushing the boundaries and if I was half the kid at this kid's age I'll be so much further in my life than I am now um you really get a strong connection with a lot of the kids, especially as plenty like look up to you in that position of like, wow, this guy's from, I don't know, the UK. And he's like got that wow factor because he's from a different culture. And then they look at you in like an idolizing kind of way and everything you do, they, they kind of admire and uh, oh, really cannot put, uh, emphasize it enough that these kids really do look up to you and there'll be a couple that you will look up to back and that's where you get some real once in a lifetime kid relationships where you're just like wow um, I really like to push this kid and make them the best they can be um, you'll have some great laughs with them as well and you know you'll make some really cool like summer camp solid memories that y- both of you will uh, remember to the day you die moving on to the next one about the the campers again is this is the overtreated campers and these are going to be fucking everywhere i'm going to say this right now Every single summer camp is going to have the kids that are really overprivileged. Their parents have been paying for them to go to summer camp since they were born. And they have everything under the sun. They have a newer phone than you. They have like a a car waiting for when they get to the age of like 18. They've got some uh, real estate from their parents and they're really fucking rich. And you're like, Jesus Christ, like how are these, how are these parents in such a position where they can just like whack down... 20k per year for their kid to go to summer camp and just like shrug their shoulders like it's just like nothing to them um and this makes the kids in a way which I'll, i'll say it now that um just being just being a kid that goes to summer camp every year that's not really my definition of an over overly privileged kid um because I don't really fully understand how the currency all works in America and what sort of wages people get and whether it's like a thing people have been saving up for all their lives kind of thing. And even if they haven't, if they are able to afford it every year, then good good on them. They've been able to get a really good job that pays them enough for them to live and bring up their kids how they want to, which is a really good thing to do. You don't want to be criticising that because... People want to strive towards those sort of things. You are going to get those sort of people. Where where it crosses the line for me is when you have kids that think they're always right and their attitudes are a bit wrong and they take everything for granted. And I think you're going to get that at every summer camp. And it's just how you deal with that. You don't really want to like punish them and you don't really want to treat them any differently to any of the other campers. But deep down inside your head, you know that they are there. This leads me on to my penultimate point, which is the undertreated kids. These are the kids where their mum, their single mum, has perhaps saved for the last two years all of their money after they got divorced, put it in a pot, all their college fund, and they said, go on then, go and have the time of your life and enjoy this while you can, because next year you're not coming back. And <clears throat> it's kind of hard to see and I think 
no matter what type of camp you go to, even if it, if it's like a traditional one, um, you're gonna see the underprivileged kids there, even though it's like a really like top of the line camp. Every and it doesn't really only boil down to money either, because just being under under treated and underprivileged is not just a money thing. Um, so, for instance, I had a couple of campers that I remember where they had really like they had like really touching stories where they would say things like, "Oh, I lost I lost my mom, and it's just me and dad and." Uh, he's sent me here so I can, like, calm down rather than just think about mum all the time. And it's like, wow, that, that, it, like, touches you so deep and you're like, fuck me, like, what a world we live in because you think things like, oh, yeah, people die all the time, blah, 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 blah. And you kind of, like, in day-to-day life, you're not going to be thinking about those sort of things. And you think, you know, it... It's never happening to you and it's never going to happen to people that you care about and things. But when you go to a summer camp and you're suddenly exposed to 500 kids, they've all got their own stories and chances are one of them's going to have a quite a shit story to tell. And all you can be is like a, a listening ear and a shoulder to cry on and someone that can, you know, make summer camp that breakaway that they actually needed rather than, you know, bring them back down to earth and be like, oh, I feel so sorry for you, blah, 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 blah. You you kind of need to balance it both because um, they're only going to be there for so long at summer camp and you need to make it like the best they can be. So whoever it is that's looking down on them will be really happy that um, they've gone to summer camp and you're their, like, mentor so we're on to the last one now, guys. And this one's been a long episode, if I say so myself. Let me know on Twitter if you think um, you would prefer these sort of longer episodes or if you prefer little snapshots, because I am going to be mixing it up. Like I said at the start of this episode, I like to have a variety of content. Um, so long, short, you name it, I'll probably do it. But if there's some sort of preference and I see it, um, you know, I could try and put them out more often. This last one here that I think every summer camp will have, and again, it's another cheap shot. I'm a, I'm sorry. This is every summer camp will have a front gate, and I think there'll be some of you that are scratching your heads, and that you'll be like, "Oh, a front gate, really? Will every camp have a, a front gate?" And then you'll be thinking to yourself, "Oh, my summer camp doesn't have a front gate," and I think you'll be particularly wrong um every summer camp is going to have some sort of entrance and you know maybe some sort of security around getting in and getting out of camp camp isn't just like a, a gravel path that you can just wander into and wander out and that was something that I really found interesting and kind of opened my eyes a little when I was at summer camp as well in America is how seriously they take uh, security because everyone in America can have a gun you I don't think you need a license or anything in particular once you pass a certain age you can go into a Walmart and pick one up it's just it's just how the country runs and let's not get into the gun debate right now but it's kind of scary and when um you're looking after so many kids you don't want people just to wander out of camp 
and you don't want people wandering in. So there's going to be some sort of security, and I think every every camp's going to have this. I think that's going to be a, some sort of front gate. I think pretty much 99.99999, let's call it 100% of camps are going to have a front gate because, you know, you're going to be getting deliveries and stuff and... It's just part of part of modern day now. You need to have that security and uh, management over how things come into and come out of camp. It's just part of life. Um, it's not necessarily just a thing about having to stop an intruder. It's also maybe uh, protecting for natural disaster or guiding transport through the camp. There's plenty of things why people have a front gate and... Yeah, I think I've probably uh, uh, talked about that long enough. But anyway, guys, this brings us to an end of another There's No Place Like Summer Camp episode. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, please uh, subscribe on your podcast player of choice. Um, I'll be back uh, next week. And next week's episode is What Makes a Really Good Summer Camp Shirt? So... You can have a ponder about that. I've got my uh, suspicions of what makes a good summer camp shirt. Um, Again, next Tuesday, I shall be here. Will you be here? If you do know any more uh, things to add to this list, by the way, um, please hit me up on Twitter, at AndrewW09, and that's A-N-D-R-O-O-W-09, 09, should I say. Um, if if you know any more things that should have been added to this list of things that are at every summer camp, you can tweet me. Um, anyway, guys, I'm going to wrap it up here because I'm starting to ramble. Um, it's been a hopefully quite an enjoyable episode. I enjoyed it. Um, I'll see you next Tuesday.